Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. My name is 65 Lokes. Excited for this episode. This is episode number 176. My guest, first time on the podcast, Martin Aviar, also known on Instagram as Stoke Models. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Hey, pretty well. So you're all the way in uh, British Columbia, Canada. Yep. Yeah, over on uh, Vancouver Island, Victoria. <laughs> right on dude i was like you know when i was trying to get the whole thing together i wasn't sure i was like man you know how many hours and you told me no you're we're like the same time i was like this is gonna work so this is great i also you know i wanted to uh congratulate you you uh just finished off a recent build off the now or never build off you got the people's choice award there yeah yeah that was uh, that was pretty cool i just uh, i think they announced that probably well just a few hours ago now so yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as you can see in the background and on the video, <laughs> the vehicle there, I had to show some love. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, yeah, I mean, that's my first three-month build-off. I've done, like, one- and two-month ones before, and this was a bit bigger and a bit longer. And, yeah, it was a bit of a push to get that done in three months. So it was uh, a lot of work on that one. Man, that's crazy. And when you decided to join, did you kind of already have an idea as far as like the direction or what you wanted to do for this build off? No, I think that's what I've enjoyed about the build offs. I've been in a few so far and it's always uh, it just, you know, you get the you get the kind of, you know, the parameters of what the build off is like this one, the trend, you know, the transporter and the race car, you know, truck and trailer and car, whatever. And then it's just like, oh, well, what can I do with that? And uh you know, for me, it's always been like, how can I push my creativity? Like, cause I am, I think by nature, a pretty competitive person, uh, you know, when it comes to just, you know, you know, I want to like put my best work forward when I'm in these things and really kind of, you know, try and, uh, you know, show my work to the best of my ability. So I think that's why I've always kind of taken these things and really kind of, uh, try to come up with as creative an idea as I can and then execute it as good as I can in the time that I got. So, yeah, man, I mean, just by seeing your Instagram page for a lot of people who discover it, come across it, or, you know, people sharing, mm -hmm. uh, I love the presentation that you give on each post, you know, everything just flows really nice. And I mean, I don't know, I, I just have so many questions about that, like, sure. regarding to building and then the presentation part. So, like, when you're done with building, do you, you just do like go out with like a photo shoot or how, how does this process kind of go for you as presentation goes? Yeah. I mean, presentation is, I mean, that's kind of what Instagram is all about really, right. Is, is making your work appealing and making your page kind of, I think consistent. And I think that's, that's one of the things is, you know, I, I, I focus on just the models. I tend to focus on, even when I'm not shooting a whole project, I focus on finished pieces um, whether that's a dash or a set of wheels, um, whatever. Like, I just want to try and keep a consistent visual presentation. Um, my lighting is always um, just ambient outdoor light. I shoot in indirect sunlight. I don't have a lighting rig or anything really that I shoot with. So that gives me just, you know, a nice consistent set of light is that it's always, whether it's cloudy or sunny or whatever, I just, you know, compensate with my, uh, with my camera. But uh, yeah, I think, um, when I got into this again, uh, you know, I was building and enjoying the builds and then I started shooting and I was like, well, this is, this is kind of fun. This is like, you know, trying to make the finished product look as real as possible. 
and just, you know, working on the details to kind of get that across when you shoot it and working on the lighting and just, you know, each time I do it, I feel like, okay, you know, you're managing your reflections. You're, you're really kind of trying to craft what that final image looks like. And I feel like, you know, that's, I have as much fun doing that as I do the building. Like it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, make the build as good as I can. There's always stress there with paint and polish and, you know, your final details and getting all that right. But then the photography is just, you know, shooting and just, you know, kind of laughing when it looks exactly as I want it to, because it's kind of, uh, you know, I enjoy that. I get a, you know, somebody I think posted on one of my posts once. It's like, Hey, you know, when you get that giggle, when you've seen something you really like, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like you just get that little, <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, I got it. So, you know, and this, you know, the, um, the Mercedes that I just shot, I shot like plain background shots for the contest submission. And then I shot the next day and I wasn't happy with my background. So I found a new background and then I shot again. So I, you know, I do, sometimes it takes time to kind of get it right and get the lighting right. This one was a bit tricky because of the LEDs in it. I needed the outdoor light to be, you know, kind of in concert with how much light the LEDs were putting out. So they didn't uh, overpower it. So yeah, it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into the photography as well as the, uh, the build itself. Yeah, you know, I, I like how your photos, when you see the builds, I mean, it looks like a real car. It, it To me, I'm like thinking, all right, this is like a real car. But I always love how as you're sliding through the photos, you start to show your hand, like yeah. <laughs> sh showcasing, yeah. like, hey, guys, this is this is a model. Look at the scale of it. Well, I think it was uh, the Iro Comanto, the if he's a Finnish builder. Um, and I think when I first got onto Instagram, I'd see his posts and he's got like some beautifully detailed engine bays that are like, you know, totally convincing. And he would just have his thumb or his finger in there. And I was like, man, that's a great way to just show scale. I just, everybody can relate to how, you know, you instantly know how big that model is just by looking mm -hmm. at that photo. And I kind of, I picked that up from him. And I mean, you know, in terms of, um, audience engagement, like, I, you know, if I post this stuff and it looks so real and people are scrolling through their feed and they see a Porsche and like, oh yeah, nice Porsche. And they keep going. If my hand's in that shot and they, they recognize the scale of that shot, then they're like, oh my God, that's a model. And it just, you know, it drives, I think more people to share it, more people to engage with it once they've, you know, once they realize that it is a model and not just another photo of a nice car. So. Yeah. So and, I, like, I, and like in, in your area, are you, do you know other model builders in your area? Or are you just kind of like the only one there where you live? No, it, it's funny, actually. There's a local club. Um, <laughs> I, I joke they were called Spam, and it's the um, Society, or is it the? No, Scale Plastic Automotive Modelers, so S-P-A-M. And mm -hmm. I, I finally met up with them after probably a year after finding out about them. I, I joke that they should be called the Secret Plastic Automotive Modelers because <laughs> they have zero online presence. They have... Yeah. Uh, you know, no club page, and, you know, and, and that's it. I mean, it's, you know, it's a group of probably, I think, 12 or 15 guys. It's like super casual. Um, a couple of the guys in the club are active on the Model Cars Magazine forum. So you see, you know, they post bills there and really quality stuff, you know. Um, I did a, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, we have a big event in Victoria every few years called Deuce Days. And it's, uh, you know, deuce coops and rods from all over the pacific northwest and down in california i'll drive up to victoria for three days and they basically take over downtown and you know show all the cars so the club did a uh, car model show as part of that exhibit so we were down in a hotel you know room like a conference room in a hotel downtown and mm -hmm. we had the model show on at the same time that was the first time i'd ever 
met the club guys and the first time I'd ever actually shown my models to anybody. It was always just kind of, you know, wow. something I did for myself and, you know, just uh, sharing on Instagram. So, Man, that, I find that interesting now. It's like, like a very, they're very underground then. Yeah, it's funny. I think, you know, that, you know, and I was, uh, I was saying to them, like, you know, because I met with the guys and they're all, you know, I'd say 40 and older, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they were talking about, you know, and there was a lot of kids coming through the, you know, the, through the room during the show and stuff, checking out all the cars. And, you know, it was, it was cool to see, but I was kind of like, you know what you need to, like, if you want to kind of keep this going, keep the hobby going, I think, you know, being online and letting locals know that, Hey, there's a club that you can kind of come and join and get tips and tricks from, and, you know, get feedback from, I think that's, you know, you kind of need to put yourself out there and be on social media or whatever to just let people know that you want to do this. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, I've got to, you know, I'm going to meet with them again, but uh, hopefully we can kind of, you know, encourage them to open up a little bit and maybe find some more local builders that might be interested in, uh, in joining and putting on other shows. So. No, yeah. And, and tell us about your history. Like, when uh, did you get started with model building? When were you exposed to all this? When I was a kid. I mean, you know, probably seven or eight years old. Um, like, my dad didn't build, but uh, he was. He would always buy me a kit for Christmas or my birthday or whatever. And it was, uh, you know, so I think as a kid, probably from, yeah, like eight or nine till I was maybe 17 or 18. I built, I wouldn't say I finished a ton of kits at that time. You know, it was a lot of, yeah. kind of you know, like I, I get really ambitious. I cut the doors open on a Ferrari Testarossa and I mean, like, Oh my God, what do I do now? <laughs> like it was, <laughs> you know, it was always uh, ambition ahead of skill and, uh, and ability. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wow. yeah. And then I, you know, I, I went to school, I went to college after high school. I, uh, didn't build for a while. And then when I was in my thirties, I was riding motorbikes and I built, you know, Probably like, I don't know, eight or nine Tamiya 112 scale motorbikes around that time. So that was, you know, 15 years ago. And then 2019, um, I got back into it again after uh, not building for 15 years. And, uh, you know, I just, I picked it up and then it was, you know, um, Instagram, YouTube, online tutorials, like just the amount of information and the willingness of people to share that information online was just like you know um i switched to like i used to use to me acrylics for everything and then i switched to lacquer and that was like oh my god this is this is it this is so much better and it was just you know just finding those uh those tutorials on youtube and just you know like uh plamo i think he did a a ferrari p330 and he showed his paint process and i'm like okay i'm gonna do that i'm gonna follow that Mm -hmm. same materials except he (laughs) He polishes with a rotary tool like a Dremel, and I'm like, okay, oh, I'm not man. gonna. Because <laughs> I've, I've burnt through almost every paint job I've ever done with just you know hand sanding and polishing. So, uh-huh. man, so. <laughs> man, that's crazy. And when you when you came back to it, you know, now as an adult, like how how was that? You know, because now you know you just explain there's all this information online, and now it's like you know you. You have a job, you, you're able to buy what you want to buy, the kids and all this stuff. Like, how is that yeah. feeling now as an adult to be able to do that? Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I did, like, I think the reason I got back into this was, I mean, I restored a full-size car. I spent, like, 12 years doing it, and I started building another car. And um, it was, like, right before, you know, COVID hit. Um, I think I was just looking for something a little bit quieter and a little bit just something, like, I can't, you know, grind and weld mm-hmm. after, yeah. you know 
the girl, you know, I've got a couple of girls and they're in bed and, you know, I can't be making that much noise you know, yeah. in my neighborhood that late at night. So I was like, <laughs> it was nice to kind of just come down to the basement for an hour and just have this kind of meditative, quiet time, you know, and I started building um, F1 cars, uh, a few Tamiya kits, a few Ebro kits. And I was just like, I really enjoyed the, you know, just like I say, just that, that sort of focus and quiet, just put some music on and just build. And it was uh, really enjoyable. And then, of course, um, as soon as I, you know, started looking around and seeing the amount of customization that people were doing, I'm like, oh, well, that looks fun. You know, I want to like, that's always the, uh, you know, it just it, it became another creative outlet, just a way to kind of, you know, express some creativity and do something that was, uh, you know, just different. So, yeah, that's kind of where it's I've gone from like, you know, building, you know, nicely detailed F1 replicas to stuff like this Mercedes, where it's like, oh, it's a, sure, it's a hover car. It's floating on the back of it. <laughs> converted fire truck sure why not yeah i mean it, it's amazing man like i see all this stuff and it just seems like every uh build you're doing it's like you keep pushing yourself more and more and more just definitely uh putting out um a very inspirational message with the work just seeing the work they're done and i mean it's not only just the uh, exterior of the carpet it's also the uh, interiors the engines it's so much the, the detail that goes into into it. Yeah. When when you have your time to build these models, are you doing this like in the late hours when everyone's asleep, when you're by yourself, or is this like an early morning thing? No, definitely late hours. I'm you know um, sometimes be up till like you know twelve thirty, whatever. That's kind of my average kind of you know shut it down time. But uh, yeah, like the, you know, my kids are a little older now, so they're staying up a little bit later. So, you know, it all kind of mm -hmm. kicks it all back a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I've also, I've been, you know, working from home for the uh, last couple of years. And, you know, if I need to airbrush something at lunch and just kind of, you know, take yeah. it and knock some primer on something, that's, you know, it's, it's here. <laughs> it's like when I, you know, I miss the office sometimes, but uh, it's kind of nice to be able to just kind of do that at lunch and just take a, you know, take a half hour to uh, to do that. So. Yeah, just having that access to, yeah, I mean, and I'm like, pretty sure you advance even faster that way too. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, this Mercedes one, like the build-off stuff, I've always managed to finish like a week ahead of schedule to give myself time to photograph, you know, get it, you know, get the shots that I want and get it all all set and, you know, those final details. And this one I finished like I think the day before, or like the, I think the, maybe two days before, and then I shot it and then submitted it the next day, like on the day of the deadline. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty tight. Wow, man, that's crazy. And you know, as far as far as um, like when when you were creating this, you know, like it, do you collect little items or things over time, or are you just kind of printing things when you decide? All right, this is what I kind of want to add uh, to this vehicle. Yeah, I mean, like this one and, and most of the ones that I do, I mean, it's, you know, I tend to go back and forth in my builds. Like sometimes I'll have like, uh, I did uh, a 30 Ford. I don't know if you saw that one, a hot rod. It's the only hot rod I've ever built. But uh, Benny's Rads in California had it on his page. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, man, that's, you know, I don't know a lot about hot rods, but that's a really cool hot rod. I want to mm -hmm. build a replica of that. And that one was, you know, got the kit saw what I could keep out of the kit and then looked at his car and said, okay, I got to chop the top and I got to print new valve covers, new intake, new exhaust wheels, tires, headlight housings. So once I've figured out all the pieces I need, then I'll go into my 3d program, start designing them all, 
you know, scaling them all out to the right size and then start printing them. So it's, and same with this like Mercedes carrier, it's um, most of the stuff that I do is once I've decided, like once I've got the vision in my head of what I want that final product to be, it's then getting into the 3D program to actually start modeling these pieces in 3D ready for printing and then painting them when they're done. So, yeah. Do you, do you ever mock up uh, these, you know, by drawing them or do you do it on, you know, on computer? Yeah, I do. Uh, sometimes I'll do a drawing, like a couple of sketches, you know, to deal with graphics and, and stuff like that. Or I'll do uh, photo chops. I'll just find photos of something that's close and I'll just, you know, I'll apply a paint scheme to it or, you know, like a roof rack. Like I did that, uh, the Safari Miata. I did like a quick photo chop because I found a good shot of the wheels that I wanted to use. And I lifted the car off the ground and just kind of just hacked it together to get a vision. And I, like sometimes... I do that, like I'll do a sketch or, you know, just chop something together to get the image in my headset. Mm. And sometimes it just kind of comes together. But I I would say nine times out of 10, if not more, I have that idea in my head before I start building. Yeah, like wow. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to not want to get into a build and then halfway through be trying to figure out, oh, what was, oh, these wheels are too small. Or, you know, it's not quite what I wanted. Like it's... <laughs> You know, I try to make sure that, uh, you know, I, I mean, changing colors is one thing, like before you actually put paint on this stuff, but just having that, you know, the idea before I kind of get into making parts and printing them and, and getting them prepped, it's, yeah, I prefer to have it all kind of figured out. So, yeah, like, even like this, this Mercedes one, like <laughs> I was telling a, a friend, uh, you know, I, I built the truck, the transporter took about two months, I built the gullwing in about a month. And then with like four days to go, I'm like, I knew I wanted the straps, like holding it down over the bed, but I hadn't figured out how to do it. Mm -hmm. and, I was like, and then I was like, oh my God, okay, now I got to figure it out. Now this is like the last thing I got to figure out. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, sometimes the vision is there and the idea of what I want it to be is there, but the execution isn't figured out yet. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it can be funny sometimes. Yeah, you know, I, um, I had reached out to a few people, you know, letting them know that I was going to be uh, doing a podcast interview with you and uh, one of my friends uh casey he goes by slowly models yeah, yeah. He, uh, he had a question he wanted to know uh like what's like your your favorite uh model kit like brand or what is like your you know like your to-go-to kits that you always enjoy building from time to time yeah i mean to me yeah absolutely um i think they're you know i mean i think when i got back into it i built a couple of their older kits which are still good. They're still, you know, you know, even the ones that they're, because I think they remake them in the Philippines now. Um, they're still good kits. The engineering is still good on them. And then I think when the GT4 Mustang came out, I bought that kit and built it and was like, oh my God, this is like, again, another level, like just the quality of fit and finish. The, um, the fact that like the headlights and windshield have large glue tabs on them now like it's not like you're trying to fit and glue the edge of a windshield into the frame they have <laughs> you know probably six or seven millimeters of clear plastic that you're actually you can use you know like a canopy glue like white glue to adhere yeah. it. and your glue is nowhere near the edges of the windshield or <laughs> you know what I mean? like it's just yeah. it's just little, you know and i bought that 240 zg kit um and again like three three piece wheels to make it easier to paint like it just feels like every time they bring a kit out they're making it a little bit simpler to paint you know different sections a little masking is a little less you know like it's yeah the engineering of their kits is phenomenal 
I think it's uh, by far the best and my favorite to build. I think um, Hasegawa would be second for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're, uh, you know, there's no, I can't think of a Hasegawa kit I built with an engine in it, but um, the crispness of their detailing, the like the moldings and everything, it's just their new stuff is fantastic. So yeah. I built their, uh, their Mitsubishi Galant. That was one of their newer kits. And it's like, you know, when photographed, the panel lines are so flat, the door gaps are just the right width. Like everything looks good. So that's cool. And and as far as like your builds, have you ever uh encountered where you know you're you start on one, you're very inspired, but then you get to a point where like that inspiration kind of goes away and you have to, you know, put it back in the box and move on to the next. Yeah, I mean, like I had I think I posted like in January. I think I started last year. I'm working on a a Ravel E-Type coupe. And I built the Roadster. These are their two new kits, the E-Types that they did. I built the Roadster completely stock. I think they finished that in January. And the coupe, I have been back and forth on for, well, it's got to be like seven months now. And, you know, the build-off kind of interrupted that for a while. But I think I'm, I think I had five kits going at the same time there. And that was like, it's too many. So <laughs> these two were done. These two are done now. I've got two 300 ZXs and the E-Type Coupe going. And so I'm going to try and finish those three and then get back to, I really liked having two going at the same time. And, you know, just having, um, there's always something that needs to dry. There's always something that you're, you know, you're maybe you're waiting on some parts that you've ordered or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But having two going at the same time allows me to kind of bounce back and forth between them. And it's usually like one, complicated build maybe with full engine detail and wiring and plumbing and printing parts for it or whatever and then the other one is maybe just a simpler build like that to me a mustang i built pretty much right out of the box you know like i didn't really customize it too much i didn't have a 3d printer at that point but yeah yeah i had seen on your uh like your earlier post uh backtracking uh when you had got your 3d printer when mm -hmm. When you got your 3D printer, did you already like know how to design? Was that something you, you learned after getting the printer? Yeah, no, I had, um, I probably played around with 3D programs like 20 years ago um, with my job. Um, it was just, it was a, a tool that I learned. I did some logo design with it. I did some architectural rendering, did some stuff for fun. And then I just kind of kept the skills up to be able to, you know, model whatever I wanted, you know, fairly crudely. And that's kind of what I've I've said to a few people about 3D printing is that you're not engineering anything. Like, you know, your turbo does not have to work. It's completely solid inside, right? There's no, you're not modeling the bearings and the, you know, the, the inner workings. You are only concerned about that outer shape because that's the only thing the software cares about. So I will just, you know, make a square shape and I'll put a push a circle like a cylinder into it and I'll put a bolt head on it. I'm like, okay, great. You know, those are, you would never be able to machine that as a part or make it, but the 3D printer just cares about that outside surface and that's all, you know, so the modeling required, I mean, there's definitely a skill in the 3D modeling to be able to make the parts, but it's not like you have to learn SolidWorks and you know how to engineer things. You're really, you know, the tools that are out there, like uh, I recommend Blender to people for uh, 3D software because it's free, it's open source. Uh, lots of tutorials on YouTube for it to learn how to use it. Um, and like I say, you're, you're, the parts are small. So your detail level, you know, is only as good as, you know, what your eye can see or what the camera can see. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, it can be, you can make some pretty simple stuff 
pretty easily with it once you get the hang of hang of it. So, man, and as far as like the uh, like the material, um, is there any material you recommend? Because I don't know. I'm really I don't have a 3D printer, but you know, every time I interview someone, I always ask them about like the different types of maybe resins or or materials that they would recommend. Yeah, I mean, I've used I just use standard. Um, I use an Elegoo printer, an Elegoo Mars three now, um, and I use their resin with it. Um, it's a bit of a pain. Uh, like I've described the texture of it as like hard candy. So imagine trying to cut like a hard mint candy with an X-Acto knife or use a drill bit on it. It is just, it shatters. It just like, it wants to just flake off and, and crack. So it's better to actually mold, like model in all your holes and stuff. You can drill it, but you're not going to get a clean, mm -hmm. like, clean drill, like a machined hole, like you would in a piece of styrene. So, you know, if you make your parts too thin, they're going to be likely to crack. Um, you know, I've seen, uh, there was uh, a Yos, uh, a builder he was just he printed a 3d body kit i think and he uh, he said he, the car kind of slipped out of his hands and he caught it and he snapped Ooh. the rear fender right off he just cracked it i was just like oh yeah like just squeezed it when he caught it yeah well that's it you know like styrene would probably just like flex and bend back yeah. and you might have to you know twist it but yeah the the 3d printing resin as cool as it is to make the part it, it's it can be you know a bit tricky to deal with if you're you just you know you've like I say, you're trying to cut something or, you know, it, it sands and files really well. Mm -hmm. So to like, you know, to, to smooth edges out or to flatten parts out. So they mate together nicely. Um, filing and sanding is really good. I mean, wearing a respirator because the dust is no good for you, but um, mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, it has, it has its own little quirks and I haven't found a resin for my machine that, behaves differently. I tried the ABS like one and I had more printing fails with that than I did with the regular stuff. So I've kind of gone back to the regular. Nice. And in your area, do you pretty much is, is your workspace like pretty big, like for your modeling, 3D printing? And yeah, I would say, I mean, I've got, uh, I've got a garage for my car stuff. Um, mm. I'm actually working in there right now as well. My home office, yeah. is my garage. Mm. And then I've got like a little, uh, a hobby room in the back of the garage that uh, isn't like kind of workbench area, but then the spray booth is in the garage, like on one of the windows, um, the 3d printers on my workbench. So that kind of has its own space as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little spread out. I've got my diorama as well, which is the gas station, which I, I think you've probably seen on the site. Yes, I was in, I, was, I want, I'm going to bring that up. Let's just talk about it right now. What was the inspiration behind that? Like, how'd you think about just creating this? Because man, it looks so real. That is my, I call that my COVID project. Cause that was really like when yeah. I think I started that in April of 2020. Um, mm. And when I got like, you know, when I'd started building, I'd only been building for a few months and I was like, you know, like I, I started shooting against the backdrops, like the photo backdrops and stuff. I'm like, this looks really cool, but it's a bit limiting in terms of the kind of camera angles I can get and the kinds of scenes that I can set up. So I'm like, well, I remember uh, I have a photo of me at probably maybe five or six years old. Mm -hmm. And my dad had had a friend build a model gas station for me for my Hot Wheels cars. Wow. And I have this photo of me standing, you know, smiling my ear to ear because yeah. I was so happy with it. I had like lights on the inside and little <laughs> flags that went from the, you know, it looked fantastic. It was all made out of yeah. wood and it was all handmade and everything. But I was like, I thought about that and I thought, you know what? I want to build, you know, now that I have the ability and the skills to make it whatever I want, I want to make a gas station diorama to shoot the models in. So I went a little, 
a little big. I went to, it's, it's six feet by four feet. Uh-huh. Uh, so the cool thing is, I mean, you can kind of, what I wanted was I didn't just want one area to shoot in. I wanted to be able to, you know, have a fence and have a parking area and then have the gas station area and then some streets out in front. And so, I mean, really the only part I've detailed so far is the kind of gas pump area. Uh-huh. I still got work to do kind of on like, you know, the streets, like with some street signs and maybe some yeah. lights, parking meters, just all those little details that kind of fill in all those areas. So I've still got that to do, but, uh, yeah, once I got the gas pumps done, I was like, okay, I want to shoot some shots in this now. And that'll yeah, be dude. it's so it's so dope. Did the the guys in the club see that? Have they seen it in person? They haven't seen it in person. And most of the guys, like you know, I didn't. Uh, I went to the club show, and I think at the end of the show, the guys like, "So, are you online at all?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram." <laughs> he gave him my handle. Hundred <laughs> like, more than hundred k. He's like, "Oh yeah," I'll, he's like, "I'll check that out." I'm like, "Yeah, cool, okay." <laughs> so yeah, it's you know. Because, you know, like I said, there's a couple of guys in the club that are active on the Model Cars magazine forum, and they were asking if I was on that. And mm-hmm. I used to post to uh, Brit Modeler for okay. a while, and then it became, you know, different image formats and image hosting and doing it twice. And it was just like, okay, it's too much to to do both. So, yeah, it's uh, it, was, uh, it was nice to be able to just, uh, you know, focus on one platform and on one channel. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy because like you know you, you you see that there just the way it looks, and I mean, when at first you know it, it gives you the the assumption like it's a real gas station, right? And then you start seeing your hand and all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, like dude, like this is dope. This is yeah, really cool I, right here. Yeah, I think I had I posted I posted a couple of like a Lamborghini in there. I think my first photo was like a night photo of it. Um, which was, you know, again, I had the image in my head before I started building it. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a little smoky. It's going to be night. The lights will be on on the car. And I didn't have my hand in that shot. And, you know, it's, uh, and then I think a couple of weeks later, I posted one of a charger with my hand in it. And I'm like, a single shot, you know, no, comp- no composites, just it's all one photo. And I'm like, man, that looks so fake. It looks mm-hmm. like I've <laughs> shot my hand in there. It just looks, it's, your mind is just like, it doesn't make sense, right? The hand just looks yeah. completely place so it's uh it's fun i, I, I kind of like that it's like almost like you know cognitive dissonance like your brain is trying to be like what wait wait a second yeah no nah, yeah it's uh th- there was another uh photo of a volvo that you have with the ikea boxes at the top yeah um like is is that is that printed to just like paper that you made into boxes or a woman yeah that's yeah I, I i laid out the ikea boxes at size like at that scale and then um i wrapped them around pieces of balsa so just like eighth oh. inch thick balsa. So yeah. I had like a nice solid square, you know, rectangle shape mm-hmm. that I just glued the paper to so that they were, you know, they didn't fold, they didn't wrinkle, they couldn't twist. They just, you know, wrapped around that balsa wood. And then yeah, I, I made them various, you know, lengths and widths. And I think I might add one that was two layers of balsa wood or something. So it was a bit thicker, but I yeah, did that, that looked- for, for a group build on Brit Monitor, so. Man, it looks, it looks so good. Like now with, you know, with the skill sets you have and, and the access you have, you know, to 3D printing and, and like the tools, do you ever still feel like a bit like you're limited, like to take your build to the next level or or how do you feel about that now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, um, like that Mercedes truck, that fire truck was the chassis, uh, the interior plate and the cab. And that was it. Everything else was replaced on that. So all of the bodywork and bumpers and all of the bed, 
the wheel covers, the wheels and tires, like all of that was, was 3d printed and designed like, you know, so I'm using probably like 25% of the original kit. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the limitation for me now is um, like, I'd like to be able to do more body modification of the kits with 3d printing where I can get more complicated shapes than I would be able to scratch build. Like I'm doing this, the E-type coupe I'm doing right now, I put some fender flares on it all in styrene and putty. Um, but I think to get to that next level where I can basically do whatever I want with the bodies, I would probably need like a 3d scanner where I could mm -hmm. actually scan the model, bring that into my 3d program and then, you know, work out from there. And you see people, I think, um, you know, black box STL, uh, scale rider, no, scale riders, that's you, <laughs> um, scale, scale stars is the one I'm yes. thinking. Um, where they're like, you know, they're making body kits for Miatas and Supras and things like that. And they're, you know, they got to be, you know, 3D scanning the kit and then building their pieces out from there. So I think that's, you know, to get to the next level for me of customization, I think that's kind of where, you know, I can see myself going. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to build that doesn't require that right now. So, yeah, you know, I've got a I've got a fairly lengthy list of things that I want to kind of uh, build next. So. Yeah, as far as like when, you know, every year lately that's been going by, do you kind of aim for a goal? Like I'm going to, I want to build maybe like a few cars this year or, or more than that. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I average about one a month mm -hmm. is my pace um, over the last couple of years. Um, I, I've slowed down a little bit. I think as I've, um, as I'm getting closer with the camera to the model, I'm mm -hmm. feeling like I need to put more detail in and pay a little bit more attention to my, you know, to like those smaller details. Um, yeah. So I know that I'm spending a little bit more time now. So if I, you know, I have a set amount of time that kind of, kind of, I can dedicate to this. So it's really more about, you know, how good do I want that finished model to be with the time that I've got to spend on it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's just, I'm done with it. I just want to finish it and mm. move on to the next thing. And I just, I, I will do that all like, you know, it's, you just get it done, but I tend to not, I try to not leave unfinished builds around. I just, I, I do tend to try and finish everything I start. So. Yeah. And, and as far as like the ones that you complete, do you display them in, in your workspace or around the house or. I've got, I've got a display cabinet in my workshop with most of them and I have one in the house. <laughs> that uh -huh. <laughs> is uh it's a uh, 73 lotus it's a formula one kit but i i made like a shadow box frame and it kind of sits flat against it almost like a uh, an insect specimen uh -huh. up against the, uh, the back so that kind of you know it looks like a nice piece of art it sits on the yeah. wall and it looks good so but yeah the rest of them are just beside my workbench in my in my shop so yeah man that's see, nice yeah. yeah and and you know as far as like your inspirations um is there is there like model builders or is there more like artists like sketch artists uh what, what's your inspirations it's that to me that has been the best thing about instagram for being on there and being able to pull that inspiration from whoever mm -hmm. um there's you know like i follow a lot of model builders who do great stuff um i follow a lot of uh, digital artists you know like kaiza and uh, aliasid like they're doing you know digital renders and some physical construction as well of of kind of modern car customization uh concept artists um who do you know phenomenal you know like 
the cool thing, like you're following somebody who maybe worked on the vehicle design for the last uh, Dune movie. You know, George Hult is uh, is that is that artist. So he does all like the concept work for spacecraft and vehicles and whatever in those movies. And it's like, you know, you get to see the kind of work that they do. And it's just, I find it so inspiring to kind of just look at all of this design work and, you know, you know, I'll see a, a Volkswagen Beetle that I like. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool, but I want to do it in, in this kind of, uh, this kind of style. Like you just, you know, I end up trying to, uh, amalgamate all these different uh, influences and all these different things I see and try and, you know, kind of pull it together into a, uh, into a cohesive product. I think, I, I mean, I tagged a few people on, on this last post, um, Dax Wasser who builds uh, hover car models, mm-hmm. um, almost, almost exclusively, I think on his page. And he does some, you know, amazing stuff. Like it's always, you know, the, the scratch building and kit bashing and stuff that he does is always super cool. Um, and then, uh, John Fry, who's a uh, designer illustrator um, in LA, and Damon Moran, who is also a fantastic illustrator, and uh, I think he works on uh, animation for for TV, movie, video kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wow. But again, you know, and his like he'll draw like a crazy kind of cyberpunk modified 300ZX, like a Z31, and I'm like, man, that is like <laughs> the, the amount of imagination and ingenuity he does in the sketch and you can just kind of see it and it's like okay that's really cool i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna borrow those wheels and i'm gonna put that on on this build and, yeah uh, yeah it's just you know like i said it, there's no shortage of inspiration on instagram in terms of fantastic artists and designers and builders it's uh, it's all out there so that's cool man like you know um the the uh the person you mentioned earlier about his model builds you know when um when I checked his Instagram, I was like, why haven't I seen his page before? That was the first time I ever saw his page with all the cars, you know, look like they're flying, like they're hovering. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like immediate follow, you know, I was like, yeah. man, this is awesome. And, you know, it, things like that. It's cool that you do that. Those tags, you know, because you, you showcase, you know, like it, it's like turning people on to hey, you know, check this person out too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think it's been uh, like, you know, I like sharing my work and I like, you know, answering the comments and questions and, you know, and I got, you know, a lot of people asking like for commission builds or asking for parts and stuff. And like, like, that's not, I I really like want to keep this as a hobby, Mm -hmm. but for me, like the connection with, uh, I did an RX seven with a custom livery and a guy from Australia contacted me. He's like, man, I've got like a vintage RX-7 race car. I want to paint it like this. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. It's, why don't you do that? You know, like, yeah. just, just, you know, I mean, like, it's, I don't want to like do it for money. I just like the thought mm-hmm. of having somebody racing a RX-7 around Australia with like the livery that I designed on it would be just, yeah. Cool. yeah. Like I just kind of love that, uh, that exchange of ideas and concepts and, and creativity is just, it's so much fun. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to read real quick right now uh, a quote from cam kiwi hobbies um he i had, I had mentioned to him you know i was going to be interviewing and he uh he did mention he's like i'm going to quote him right here he says such an amazing artist he's definitely up there at the number one spot uh no one's doing what he does i mean th- this is coming from cam right there and i think he speaks for a lot of people uh you know you know all the modelers that are on Instagram in the community that like follow you, I mean, they see your stuff and I mean, 
it just you could tell everyone's excited whenever they get to see your work yeah i mean i you know cam reached out to me today to let me you know just to to wish me luck on the podcast and, oh right on yeah. tell tell me how much he enjoyed it when he was on so that was a, a good uh, shot of encouragement and confidence to be on the show um yeah i mean i you know i've said to a couple of people i think for whatever reason like my history my work employment history and the stuff that i've been interested in i feel like i built this skill set that is like tailor-made for this hobby and this medium to display it on, right? Like I've, I'm not a photographer, but I've worked with dozens of fantastic photographers and I've picked up tips and tricks from all of them, mm-hmm. you know? So that that's one skill set. And then I had the 3D modeling cause I was doing some stuff with that, with that for work. So that kind of, you know, as soon as I, you know I had a, an FDM printer, like a plastic 3D printer and that was pretty coarse. And then when I saw the resin stuff, I'm like, oh my God, now I can do that. So I think, like I say, for whatever reason, everything has kind of come together this time in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the craft, the the design, the concept, you know, the the amount of support and tips and tricks and, you know, um, people just answering questions when, you know, like you're like, hey, you know, that how did you do that paint job? Like, how did you get that effect? How did you get it? You know, whatever, like. Um, I think he goes as cab driver from the coffin corner. I think he goes by old NY gym now. Like he's he's always doing like inverted flame paint jobs where he paints the gradient and then he masks the flames and does the dark color. I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. Like, you know, and it's it's those things that you see that you're just like, yeah. oh, that's that's really cool. Like, like even that, like, you know, the Mercedes, it was painting the white numbers first and then the red mm-hmm. and then the gray over top. Like it's just, and that came from seeing Jim do his thing. So, uh, you know, it is, it, it's, uh, you know, I think it's that, you know, like as a artists who kind of absorb everything around them, everything they see and just kind of come up with something of their own that is mm-hmm. informed and influenced and inspired by, by all the other stuff that they see out there. And I think that's what I'm trying to do is just have my own different things. And that's, I think why I tend to have a pretty broad cross section of projects that I work on. Like I'm not all hot rods. I'm not all imports. I just, I love cars and whatever, I'm interested in whatever you know idea comes into my head that tends to be where i where i go to build so yeah and i also wanted to bring up um do you do you have like a like an architect background like building homes anything like that no i am a graphic designer by training um and an art director and yeah like i mean i work for a small ad agency in victoria um but yeah it's uh i you know i think on my uh my resume, my LinkedIn page, it says, you know, uh, designer, maker, problem solver. And I think that's <laughs> been my, uh, that's been my mantra for a lot of stuff is, you know, <laughs> I think it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, a control issue. Like I want to design the thing and I want to make it and I want to finish it and I want to present it. Like, I don't want, mm. you know, and that's just me wanting to have my fingers in every part of it. I don't want to kind of rely on, uh, on any outside stuff to kind of do what I want to do. So, and that, that goes for almost all of my projects. I think I, you know, like I said, I restored a car. I had somebody else paint the bodywork because that was like outside of my ability, but I did everything yeah. else. So it's uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons why I bring that up too is because, you know, on your earlier post on Instagram, you had done this 143 scale. Um, it's like a, a home with like, you know, yeah. die cast cars on there. And yeah. I'm just looking at that, I'm like, oh my God, like this dude does it all. <laughs> like, yeah. so dope. That was actually, 
I did that before I built cars again. I was done uh-huh. probably in 2018, I think. And it was like, yeah, I want to design my retirement home. I'm going to build, you know, design what I would actually want to live in. And originally it was, you know, it was going to be an architectural model. It was all going to be white card. And then I'm like, oh, it'd be cool if I printed out some wood texture and, oh, I should landscape the, and then, you know, before I knew it, it was like a scale model. Like it was like more of a diorama than an architectural model, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was fun. That kind of, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things that kind of kept me, even though I wasn't building car models, it was still, you know, the miniatures and scale, you know, paper craft and all kinds of other stuff was all kind of bubbling around there, even when I wasn't building uh, plastic models. So. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like outside of, you know, like modeling Instagram, um, you know, when, when you're with either, you know, people you meet, friends, or even, you know, the, the professional world, like at the office, do you ever bring up, you know, like I build models or, or is it kind of like just, you know, cause I mean, you seem very chill, bro. Like you're, you're super humble and that's dope. I, I think, you know, your skill set and having that, it's like, that's like a big plus, but I always wonder, like, does that ever come up like in a conversation? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does it on occasion. I have a couple of people I work with who have like, you know, like a woman I work with whose whose father is into cars. Um, and he's, you know, she shared my page and he was like, oh, my God, these are amazing. Right. He's like, oh, just cool. I think any you know car guy would just be like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is really neat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, you know, it's uh, I think uh, one I think when I was at like 8000 followers. A woman in my office found out I had eight thousand. She's like, "Oh my god, you have eight thousand followers!" I'm like, "Yeah, it's not, it's not from my personality. It's not yeah. from it's not from my my natural charm. This is for a very specific thing." Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, you know my family all you know they they follow along and stuff. You know they oh, they see the cool. bills and when they come over, there are you know my my father in law is like, "Oh, what are you working on now? Like, what do you got going?" So yeah, there's you know mm-hmm. there's that kind of you know natural interest they see the finished product and i think they recognize that it's it's kind of cool and it's uh, it's interesting i mean it's you know again back to you know the social media aspect of it the because it's such a niche thing and like i said there's you know maybe a dozen guys in this club in town mm-hmm. finding that connection with people all over the world you know because it is such a this this niche hobby that it is it is pretty cool to kind of like i say just connect with um you know, like Casey in Australia. I mean, I've, I've talked to him a few times. Um, I've met a really great friend, uh, model car builder 124, Johan in Sweden, who's, you know, fantastic guy. We're constantly sharing, you know, tips and ideas and getting feedback from each other. Like, it's just, it's, you know, that connection and that kind of, you know, those those friendships and those things that you make, you know, in your niche is is really valuable. I think it makes it so, you know, this is a fairly solitary hobby, right? You are kind of, you know, you're in your, and you're in a quiet space or whatever, and you're doing your thing. Um, and then you share it with people, but to have all of those people around the world that you're just, you know, communicating with and, mm-hmm. and like say bouncing ideas around with and stuff, that's been, uh, that's been one of the best parts for me for this whole thing. So. Yeah. I mean, that that's so interesting what you say, because it's, it's true, you know, like, you're at home. I mean, we all live far away from each other. You're by yourself, like building. But then there comes a time when, you know, in the back of your mind, as you're building this, you might be thinking like, you know, I, I can't wait to share this to my friends or I can't wait to share this to everybody. And at the same time, you know, you could jump online at any time of the, you know, and and you could like just send a message to your buddy or your friend and or someone's going to comment on something on the other side of the world. Uh, you know, it's almost like, even though you're, you're, you're at your home, 
you still have a connection that someone's on the other end. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think there's, you know, like I said, the, finding the local club and the local guys is, is interesting. And that kind of, you know, that immediate connection, it's another, it's a different kind of environment. But uh, I think, um, yeah, it's it's been, like I say, I, everybody that I've encountered in the hobby online has been nothing but supportive and encouraging and complimentary. Like it's just, you know what I mean? Like everybody, you know, and I think that does again, comes down a little bit to the niche nature of the hobby is that it is, you know, it's a small group, even worldwide, you know, mm-hmm. I think there is that you just get that instant camaraderie with people who, who do the same thing that you do. So it's, yeah, it's nice. no, you're, you're right. And you know, even, even from like, conversations I've had with other modelers and, and people I, I keep meeting, you know, every year. It's it's one of these things where you find out where they're from, where they live, and you start to learn, you know, it makes you explore on the map, like, wh- where is this location, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you start to see and you start to learn over time, like, you know, aside from modeling, but there's also other things that like tie into it that makes it kind of all tie in together pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, like you're, you're absolutely right. Like I've had contact from people, like absolutely all over the world. Like it's you know, and it's you know, I always if people ask me a question online or ask how I've done something, I'm you know, I'm just trying to like you know pay that forward to make sure that I'm doing for them what everybody's done for me when I've asked them a question. It's it's been uh, you know, you just keep you keep that going on, and everybody kind of uh, you know. I think there's there's the risk of the hobby getting a little older in terms of the people that are doing it and yeah. you know like anecdotally but like when I'm looking on you know and I see people post stuff and it's like hey I just got back into this haven't done it in 20 years mm-hmm. haven't done it in 15 years like whatever like it's it feels like those people who are kind of coming back to it now had that experience when they were kids so I think you know I think there's, you know, that audience that hopefully will still want to do it when, you know, they're maybe getting a little older and looking for that, you know, that hobby to kind of get involved with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like, you know, especially with, um, with three D printing right now, it's like enhancing, like the modeling, you know, with being more creative, the skill set, all these things. You know, if you're a scratch builder, if you cast resin parts, you know, and then you you put in the three D printing. It's definitely gonna push it to the next level, but then again, it's like you know, how long have you been doing it for? Are you like someone who was born in the '70s or maybe in the '80s or in the '90s? You know, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of hard to uh, to see younger people that are probably you know, like let's just say born in the 2000s or or 2010 to be like you know, I'm aspiring to be a, a model builder, but I think you know, as long as we keep holding the torch and pushing forward maybe five ten years from now they're going to discover this stuff and be like man i want i want to build you know a a a car or this concept what stoke did right here yeah i think i you know and it's interesting like i've got my my girls are 11 and 17 um they don't build model cars but they are into miniatures and building like little room sets and things like that like you know and they they like to craft and make things and you know and i think they they enjoy that and i think they enjoy the results of it i photograph some of it forums to show them like oh, i put this out in natural light have the sun oh, coming through the cool. window it's gonna be fantastic right like it's, yeah. it's fun to kind of you know encourage that even though like neither of them are particularly into cars mm-hmm. uh, 
a lot of those same skills of the, the craft and being able to imagine something and then make it make a physical object of it is still you know and they may come back you know they may get uh into gundam later on you know like who knows like mm-hmm. you, know, you just <laughs> never know what's going to like trigger you know them maybe 15 years from now like oh i used to build this i'm going to build a dollhouse now i'm going to do like the yeah. whole thing like we're going to build a house model you know like it's you know there's there's crossover skills there and they will have seen me doing stuff and know that oh i can i can get into this so yeah i mean you're giving them that exposure you know they're they're getting to see like what you're doing yeah you know inspires them but they're doing it on a different like genre yeah exactly but yeah a lot of a lot of common skills i mean this yeah 3d printing is is i think for me the biggest you know that was the biggest change for me in terms of being able to um, make anything that I wanted is basically what it came down to is and make it at the size that I wanted. Um, You know, like I think before it was like, Oh, I'm going to put a set of BBS wheels on this car. And it's like, Oh, you know what? They're a millimeter too tall or the tires aren't the right width. And now it's like, no, I can reprint that a millimeter smaller. You know, it's going to take another five hours, But, but just the ability to, fine tune that kind of stuff and make it exactly the way you want that's what's that's what's got me excited about the future of modeling Mm -hmm. is being able to um you know like this mercedes thing right like just have that vision in my head and it's like oh i'm going to make those thrusters i'm going to design them and print them and they'll stick under the body and you know it'll 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 work out (laughs) certainly not it's uh you know it's (laughs) not to me it's not to me a kit quality i'll tell you that the uh, the 3d printed stuff it's uh yeah, any um like plans in the future to to travel, you know, to a show whether in Canada or maybe make the trip out to the US? Yeah, I've thought about I've thought about it. It was interesting, you know, like I said like a couple of weeks ago we had the show in Victoria. It was the first time I'd ever had my my stuff in a show. And there was like, you know, um this guy Steve had a uh, 7 and a half Camaro. It was, you know, matte red, beautiful build, like really sharp. And I was like, "Wow, this is like good stuff." It was really cool to see it in person. And it made me realize um, how different it is to see models in person versus seeing them online. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was building that hot rod and I was photographing the engine bay from you know two inches away and filling the frame of the shot with just the engine. And it looks great. You know, I've got all my detail there, all the 3D printing looks really sharp, fuel lines are there, like everything looks good. And then, you know, it's on the table in the show, and I'm like, you can't see any of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It gives us like, I was like, oh, I mean, how do, how do judges go through and look at a show like that? Like, you know, of like all of those cars and just be yeah. like, oh my God, you, you gotta be like, you know, you I gotta get a lens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like, how do you, uh, yeah, it, it, it's oh, interesting. Man. It's, it was a completely, you know, as much as I appreciated all the builds there, it was a completely different experience seeing the stuff in person as mm-hmm. opposed to seeing photos of it. So it's, so. yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, certainly I, you know, I would like to make the trek to see a show, you know, to take mm-hmm. some models and go and, you know, enter, enter a larger show than just the local one. Um, but that wouldn't mean coming to the States, that's for sure. I mean, it's, there's just isn't, you know, there's, there are shows here, but, I, you know, they're not uh, on the same level in terms of uh, uh, just the amount of participation, the amount of people that go. Like Johan, yeah. he was just down at a show just outside of Stockholm, and he said there was like 900 cars there. I think. Damn, that's a so lot that's, of cars. Yeah, that's a, that's a good turnout, right? I mean, that's that's a huge turnout. I mean, it's like a whole. That's a huge community of neighborhood. Everyone's just working at home for this. Yeah, 
And that's crazy. When yeah. it's that big, it's just like, you know, it's a it's a trip. I mean, model building, you know, something we we like to do. We find a passion for it. But at the same and expression, but at the same time, like it, it's like part of our culture now. If you've been doing it for so long, you know, it's it's almost like even even if you stopped right now, you know, you, who knows in five, 10 years, 20 years, you might want to be like, I'm going to do it, like continue on. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny. It was like when I was building, you know, full size cars and working on stuff, I always thought I always had model building in the back of my head is like, you know what, I'm going to molder. I'm going to like, you know, when I look when I'm looking to slow down a little on a quiet hobby, I'm going to do that. And then I kind of, as I got older, I was kind of like, eh, I should probably do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Like too long, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to see, like, you know, I like, I wonder about how much, um, like, you know, we were going back to what we were talking about earlier with like a younger generation getting into this is, you know, um, I've had people comment on posts on Instagram just saying like, what is this? Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, is mm-hmm. this like they just the concept of a plastic kit that you have to clip all those parts off and paint them and glue them together into a finished product is just something they just never encountered. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, you know, hopefully that, you know, as it, as it gets a little bit more exposure and a little bit more, like you say, it enters the culture of the newer generation. Cause I think, you know, the, the older guys, you know, everybody I've talked to is like, Oh yeah, I did that when I was a kid. Everybody built models when they were a kid, whether they were cars Mm -hmm. or planes or tanks or whatever. It was just, it was one of those activities that kids did. Yeah. And you know, um, as far as, you know, some, you know, some people I've had that experience too, where they don't understand about model building. Like they're kind of like, well, what is it? Or, or why do you do that? And yeah. I mean, their, their questions are very, they're genuine. And sometimes I feel like it's not until somebody tries it or gets, you know, to get to feel for it, they're going to kind of get an understanding, but it still kind of takes time. But yeah. as far as like, you know, you did it when, when you were younger and you, you know, you took that break, but you know, are you able to say that model building gave you a, as a kid, a type of skill set, patience and all these things that helped you in your career going forward in life? I think so. I think, I mean, um, I've often said, um, like, certainly, like I said, I wasn't finishing a lot of kits when I was a kid and they weren't of any kind of real quality, the stuff that I did finish. Um, but I've always, um, I've always described myself as a, you know, I'm a bit of a, of a perfectionist that doesn't let perfect get in the way of getting something done. Mm. You know, and I think that has been the biggest skill and that's translated into work as well. Right. I mean, I think there's, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy. The great is another saying that I like because it's, you know, you're, you know, you need to get, you know, if you're working on things, you want to get them done. You want to get them done to the best of your ability, but you have, you know, if you overstress over trying to get it perfect every time, you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to, you're, you know, you're going to chuck them out. You're going to just put them away because you're, oh, you got like one little scratch on something. And, you know, I think that's been a great learning lesson for me is just, you know, whether that started as when I was a kid or came through work and training was just, um, you know, not letting it get in the way of getting something done, you know, finishing it as good as, good as you can and fixing your mistakes next time kind of thing. Like, you know, your next one's going to be better. Your next one's going to be better. Like, and it, and that's, you know, that is, I mean, I've learned a lot and my stuff is getting better, I think, as I, as I do more builds, but I think that that's probably been one of the best things I've learned from, from model building is, uh, 
you know, don't let it, don't let one small mistake or a few small mistakes stop you from finishing it, you know? And, you know, and I did that on, uh, I finished that E-type in January and I was uh, cutting bare metal foil on the chrome strip on the hood and the knife slipped and I took a chunk right out of freshly polished paint right on the top of the front fender. And I was like, mm -hmm. and uh -huh. so, you know, I got the brush out and I filled it in a few coats, wet sanded it again and polished it. Yeah. And I can see it because I know exactly where it is, mm -hmm. but it doesn't even show up in the photos, right? So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, and I've said that to, uh, I said that to my girls as well. It's like, I know I'm going to mess stuff up. I know I'm going to make mistakes. Um, I would say my improvement in my skill has been less about making fewer mistakes and more about being better at fixing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, oh, I've, I've screwed this up or this didn't work. <laughs> okay, now I can fix it. And so I'm getting better at fixing those mistakes. Yeah. I think I am making, you know, to be honest, I think I am making fewer mistakes, but I think my ability to correct things that I've screwed up, like, I know people can't see the photo, but like on the door of that Mercedes fire truck, I sanded right through on one of the mold lines. And so I, you know, cleaned it up. I resprayed it, wet sanded it again and polished it. And, you know, it took an hour. To, to fix that but it wasn't like a oh my god i gotta strip the whole thing and yeah do it. you know it's and you know again it, it you can't see it when you're looking at it you can't see it in the photos it's um mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that uh like i say I, i've gotten better at uh <laughs> fixing my screw-ups it's been handy because <laughs> yeah. they do a lot of them it's it's uh it's interesting what you said earlier about perfection because I've, I have met, you know, modelers and even people in other avenues where they're perfectionists. But the thing is, is that it limits them to finishing what they wanted to do because <clears throat> in, in their eye or their ear, they're like, no, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. Like it's not the way I want it. I don't want to present it like that. Yeah. And time passes and nothing kind of gets done. And, you know, I, from speaking you know talking having conversations with that casey casey will br bring up like oh i'm working on this and and like cam will tell him man just like like go through it you know finish finish what you got to finish you know don't yeah. don't hold back or you're not or you're not going to finish it yeah. and he's you know he's telling him then he's telling me and i'm hearing that and i'm going like man you're right you're you're totally right about that you got to push through yeah and like i say i think you know uh, I do it with work. I do it with my, you know, my creative product at work as well as like, I'll see, you know, we'll have designed whatever and I'll see it out in the world a year later. And I'm like, Oh, that could have been, I could have done that better or that line there isn't quite right. And I'm like, but no, I had a deadline. I had a set amount of time to do it in mm -hmm. and I did it as the best I could. And I got the job done and you know, it looks good, you know, and that's, there's that difference. I think, you know, perfectionism can be a, a total curse if you're never, willing to share your work or you know you're you're kind of always you know never finishing things because it's like not 100 perfect i think it's uh i think you know you can be your own worst critic sometimes where other people will appreciate so many other aspects of it you know and not notice the thing that you're laser focused on and i think i mean for me it's at this point you know the creative output is about i've like i said the inspiration level of instagram is pretty intense um it is like you know it's the constant ideas and it's like oh i want to do this like i want to finish the three i've got because i want to do a volkswagen beetle next i haven't done mm -hmm. i haven't done a volkswagen yet so i'm like okay i want to do a beetle the tamiya kit um you know and it's like 
I just, I got to get the other stuff off my plate first. Cause I really want to focus on that one and do a really good job on that one. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, but again, like I know that once I've started that one, I'm going to have an idea for something else. I'm like, okay, I got to finish this as, as good as I can and do it as well as I can, but I got to finish it. You know, it's got to be done and off my plate so I can, you know, execute my next idea that I want to see. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think really what it comes down to when I, you know, when I'm finishing this stuff, I want to see, you know, I have the idea, I've got the vision in my head and I'm going to execute it as good as I can. And then I'm going to move on to my next one. I don't want to, I, my attention span is pretty short. I would say <laughs> like yeah. this, three, this, three, this three month build was like, Oh my God, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, to, and it was really like, I did little bits on other kits and stuff, but it was pretty focused on this one for three. On months. that one. Yeah. yeah and, so. And, all right. So now out of out of like building, right? Like, you know, I mean, obviously the builds look amazing and everything, but what part of building is it something that you just kind of dislike where you go, oh, I got to do this part. I hate this part, dislike? but I got to get through it. Which one is it? I don't think about that. It's, uh, you know, um, probably part cleanup, you know, getting rid of mold lines getting rid of seam lines, um, cleaning up and fitting like, but even then, like, you know, I think for me, every part of it has, there's a different, you know, aspect of it. Like that's, that is like a quiet meditative thing. You were doing a repetitive task. You're going to do a lot of it. Um, I built the uh, Tamiya McLaren Senna and as well molded as that kit is, it has almost 250 parts. And so the, the cleanup and painting of that was incredibly tedious for, you know, for putting a kit together. Um, and I built it pretty much box stock. I think I changed the wheels and tires and a couple other little things, but um, I think that's probably the part that is the least exciting, I would say. But even then it has its own appeal in it and it's kind of quiet nature. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, like my favorite part is I think detail and assembly, you know, everything's kind of painted. I've got some sub assemblies done and now it's like, okay, you know, adding washes and adding a little bit of weathering and doing some wiring and plumbing and, you know, little bits of detail and stuff. And I think that's, um, I don't know if this is jumping past another question, but um, the detailing, it, it's funny how, uh, and this is something I've learned in like illustration and design and stuff that I do for work is that if you give people one area to focus on as being super detailed, their mind will expand that to the rest of what they're seeing. And they'll like fill in those blanks around areas that might not be as detailed. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's kind of an interesting, you know, interesting phenomenon where it's like your your mind kind of sees that detail and thinks, oh, the whole thing is like that, even when sometimes it's not. So, yeah. Do you, do you do a lot of research when it comes to detailing? You know, like the engine or the interior, or you know, when I, you do your take. I do. I, I you know, I try and I try and make things you know look accurate, but I would not say that I am. I don't let it hold me back from finishing or building something like that. Thirty Ford hot rod. I'm sure anybody who knows hot rods would, you know, it's like, oh, well, what engine block did you use? I'm like, well, I used a Ford 302, but I modeled Chevy valve covers and a, like it just, <laughs> it was just what I had, right? Like I had the Ford block. And so like, it, it's all just kind of this hodgepodge of pieces. Cause I don't know what I'm doing with, you know, hot rods and stuff. I just, I knew what I wanted it to look like when it was finished. So it's detailed and it looks like it, you know, it looks accurate to an engine, but it's not, you know, I'm not I'm not somebody that does so much research that I need to know how many bolts are holding on that header. 
and then it's you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's four it's six on the top and four on the bottom because of that year it didn't have the y pipe or what you know what i mean like it's yeah too technical right there <laughs> yeah i just you know it gets too you get too focused on that and i think you you know i'm more interested in the the impression i guess that the car makes that the models makes when it's finished um you know i know i've seen cam i think i was listening to his podcast where he's commenting on people complaining about him putting v8s and you know american engines in japanese cars it's <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> it's like you know it's, it's, you're getting, you're getting bent out of shape over a little bit of plastic so yeah do you ever um do you ever like you know if somebody alan kind of gave you an opportunity to present your cars like at a gallery or a show would that be something you would do I, yeah, I think doing? it would be interesting i think you know, I've thought about um, the guy in my local hobby shop finally connected me. He's been following me for a while, but not realizing that I lived in town um, until he saw, I think I built a model of a local cab company. Um, mm. I built it as a Toyota Prius and I designed their logo like, I don't know, 10 years ago. So I thought, oh, I'll build a model of my logo on the door of a, of a cab. So he saw that in the background. He's like, oh my God, that's a bluebird cab. This guy's in town. Damn, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he's talked about, uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, he's, he called me the other day and he's like, you know, I'd love to just, you know, have your stuff at the shop and just so we can kind of display it and, or something like that. So I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. I think, and I'd like to, I think I'd be into it if, like I said, if it was the model and the photography presented together. Because yeah. to me, it's kind of like it's, there's a, there's an equivalent art form there in terms of the craft of the model, but then the presentation of it, I think is, you know, and like, especially after being at that show where you you can't see the detail, I want to be closer to it. I want to like, you know, show the, you know, how real it can look when photographed well. So, like Yeah, that. I mean, that that's interesting. I'm, I'm visualizing what you're saying, you know, like going, attending the show, having the cars there set up, but also having, you know, some photography displayed like on the walls and stuff, yeah. like close-ups of like, yeah. you know, and everything like done by you, like even the photographs. Yeah, what's the um there's a Japanese guy that builds diorama stuff. He does a lot of 124 scale. Uh Satoshi, I think his name is. Um he's had gallery shows in Japan that are just, you know, same kind of thing where he's got the physical model, but then he'll have photographs with it that he mm. takes, you know, during sunrise coming over the store that he built. He built like a Japanese mm. toy store. And it's like again, you're like your brain can't <laughs> understand how <laughs> this is a model, right? It's just like yeah. this stuff. So amazing. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, and that's, I do follow a lot of people who are, uh, I think Ryan Monahan uh, is what the hell I think is his handle. He builds um, storefronts and signage and like diorama kind of models, like, but as they are art pieces, right? He sells them to galleries, sells them through galleries. Like, you know, it is, it's art that he's, that he's doing, but it's, um, it's phenomenal stuff that looks fantastic at that smaller scale but again like you know his presentation of it is really good same with satoshi like his photographs are amazing like it's it, it is elevating that that product and that art form a little bit it's it, it's interesting to try and think about uh you know can scale modeling kind of get into that yeah that same category so dang that's crazy any uh have, have you ever been to japan no, it was actually on our list for travel for this year, but they are still, uh, I think they just cut it down to a five-day quarantine. Oh, okay. okay. So, but, it, yeah. but future, let's say, you know, maybe within the next three, four years, that definitely is a place you want to travel to. 
Yeah, it's 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 really high on my list, and my uh, my oldest yeah. daughter is kind of like, yeah, I want to go there as well. So yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, that, I mean, I I want to go for sure. I, I traveled there in 2017, and I mean, it was just one of those things where I went, my mind was just blown away. I felt like a little kid, you know, being yeah. there. And I mean, took as many photos as I could, came back. And I mean, I mean, I, I bought whatever I like as far as tools and, and, you know, kids, but I was more focused on the tools and the materials. I was just geeking out. Easy, right? Easier, to, easier to bring back. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, I look back at that and I go, man, like, I want to go back. It's definitely a special place, especially for hobbyists. Like, you have yeah. to go. Yeah. And I think there is. um you know, I think, like you said, like when it, when you think about a hobby, you know, being part of the culture, I think that that craftsmanship and the skill and the modeling, I think, is is part of Japanese culture. I think it's, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, just look at the amount of tools and crafting tools that are made there that are just like, like I bought um, a decal squeegee. Uh, mm. you made it or something but it's just like that soft foam like water absorbent foam oh yeah the the H I H I Q H I Q yeah that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like oh my god why haven't I why haven't I had one of these <laughs> before it's just like this is so much better uh -huh. you know than using like a Q tip to try and like roll decals on or like right yeah just yeah, yeah it was, there's yeah. there's just so much stuff um, I know and that's yeah. it like, like I said and it's all uh, you know so much of it is from Japan because it it, it is they do so much of it there and it's you know i mean it's not all cars obviously it's it's all the different kinds of uh, yeah um those tools so do, do you also have you built like gundams have you gotten into that no i haven't um i think same like you know i thought about uh like model airplanes and stuff and i was just mm -hmm. it's like you know what the <clears throat> i know gundam like you can customize stuff and you can kind of make up your own <laughs> stuff but mm -hmm. that i'm you know i've been into cars my whole life and that yeah. really is where that's my focus is because i love the customization and and making new stuff you know um building hyper accurate uh, airplanes is just not my thing and i think gundam i just haven't really explored it to be honest i haven't really kind of thought about building one so yeah yeah be careful with the gundams because I, <laughs> I i feel like if if somehow you get the that <laughs> right kit and you build it and you're gonna see how all the pieces like they just fit together right <laughs> you're gonna be like oh my god it's over you're gonna go to your 3d yeah. printing program and you're, you're gonna start killing it in the gundam world you'll be like, where did they come from the one thing that i will say did pique my interest i saw somebody built like a gundam kit and then all of the support structure around it like it was like the loading bay for it so there's all mm -hmm. these like tiny people on like scaffolding all around this thing <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I saw that and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's like, it you know, is, yeah. It just, it, it took it from, for me, like looking at that, it took it from action figure and made it like, holy crap, this thing's like in real life, this would be 300 feet tall. And it just made it real, like it made it feel more yeah. substantial. And so, yeah, just the diorama stuff that I have seen with that is, is pretty cool for sure. Nah, yeah, it, it is, it is crazy. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I don't build like aircrafts or anything like that. I have some friends that do. But I'm kind of the same, you know, I don't think I'm going to see myself going down that, the path to like build an aircraft. But I know when Gundam, you know, when I finally got my first one, I got I got hooked for a while and I just kept getting kits and kits and kits. And I was like, all right, I need to chill. I need to go back to the cars. <laughs> yeah, I think there's 
you know, and from what I've heard of it, like, you know, people who say like, it's the kits fit together super well. There's like, you know, you just, you clean up your parts and you can paint them and you can, or you can just, you know, polish the parts and put them on. And I think there's that, you know, I think for, you know, I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I think different people like different parts of the whole process. Like some people mm -hmm. really like the painting or some people like the, you know, the assembly or whatever. And I think, you know, um, the assembly aspect is a really fun part. And I think that's maybe where, uh, you know, a Gundam can kind of satisfy that, that, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, if that's your favorite part of the build, I think it's, you know, it's probably yeah. a more, uh, more prevalent there. So, yeah. No, it's true. And, you know, when, when it comes to like uh, clear coating, you know, clear coating, it's obviously like, it, it's a sign of like, all right, we're coming to that ending point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, is that one of your like would you say like your favorite parts or do you enjoy clear coating a model car yeah i think you know it's there's definitely stress i mean i use lacquer for everything i don't use 2k um so i'm lacquer primer base coat clear mm -hmm. uh, you know and i i go pretty uh like heavy on the thinner i use the, I use the leveling thinner the mr hobby leveling thinner um you got to be careful like not to melt metallic undercoats or not to like lift decals like it does it gets pretty hot if you're you know putting on thin coats so it's been you know there's definitely that stress level of like i'm going to screw the whole thing up and have to like repaint this yeah and, you know that's but once it's cleared and dried um i do enjoy like the you know wet sanding and polishing like where it's and that's i think what i've what i've enjoyed about the lacquer is just the thinness of the paint mm -hmm. um just increases that scale look like just being able to kind of get like a nice flat you know it's not perfect it's definitely you know like all my paint jobs like you know none of them are perfect there's always like fine scratches in places or you know like and some of them are better than others um but i kind of like that it's not perfect i like the fact that it's not glass and it's not like it doesn't look like a wet coat of shellac on the thing or whatever right like yeah. it has you know i want to make sure that it is as uh, as thin as possible so that it feels in like the right scale depth but uh yeah clear coating i think is um when i like I say when i got back into it and switching from acrylic to lacquer it just made it, it's like oh okay well that's how i do it you know that's it just made such a huge difference in terms of drying time how much it responded to polishing compared to yeah. acrylic like just yeah, it was just felt so much, uh, so much easier to kind of get a really good finish. Out of yeah. It. And um, another question um, from Casey, he wanted to know is uh, what's like your, what are like your favorite tools to use? The decal squeegees right up there. Also. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's a funny one, but it's just it's one of those things. I always just get like little Q-tip hairs in my decals, and it was like uh -huh. was crazy, right? So um yeah i mean that i do have i have a panel scriber that's great for when i need to enhance panel lines but i don't do it all the time um again trying to keep that paint that lacquer as thin as possible um you know so i don't i don't often overscribe stuff like sometimes it will just leave it as it is in the kit um yeah i don't know I'm looking around i'm trying to look around in my workshop what what tools to have on my bench a bent nose tweezers that mm -hmm. was a huge like instead of having straight tweezers having ones that yeah. angle and bend at the end so i could actually see the part that i was picking up that was like i don't know that for whatever reason that was a huge a huge deal 
right there. Um, yeah. I use uh, Iwata Neo airbrushes, which are cheap airbrushes. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's as, as cheap as you can get in Iwata. Yeah, those are good. Uh huh. You know what? I I was you know if I was doing like airplanes and doing camouflage or doing like actual detailed painting with them, I would probably want something a little better, um, with a little better control and maybe a little uh, you know a few more adjustments but i'm you know you're spraying parts right like with this with the car stuff for me it's often this part is gray this part is white this part is yellow like you know i mean there's any weathering and shading comes from you know washes and pastels and stuff like that i don't tend to do a lot of it with airbrush um but i have three of them now i have one for metallics one for solid and one for clear because they are inexpensive i was able you know i was like you know what i i I did a couple of clear paint jobs and I, you know, hadn't quite cleared up the metallic before. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this, I guess this car has got a metallic paint job now because <laughs> I got <laughs> metal flakes stuck in the clear coat. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm buying another airbrush just to do clear coat. Yeah. No old bits will ever get in there. And that's, that's improved. You know, now when I do a solid color like this Mercedes, mm-hmm. uh, that was a like German gray and then clear coated. And it's like, perfect. It's like solid, no metallic. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's important right there. I've never had that happen where using an, you know, uh, like a, a little cheap airbrush to shoot flake. And then later I'm like, oh, I'm going to just use it to shoot clear, you know, down the road. And next yeah. you know, it's like the car's clear, but then there's one little speck of flake from, from like something from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah I've got, I did a uh, R33 Skyline in silver a couple of years ago. And it's right under the passenger side, well, driver's side, right-hand drive, right under the driver's side mirror is this, like, black dot. And I'm just like, and it's in the clear. Like, I can't, I'd have to sand it all out and re- redo it. And I'm like, no, you know, mm. back to that perfectionism thing. It's like, that's, right. you know, I'm too, far, I'm too far down the road to, you know. <laughs> I was, I joked with somebody. I said, if you ever notice on my page that the model is only shot from one side, it's because there's a mistake on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're not going to see the other side. That's right. You're never seeing the left-hand side of that car. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. That's cool. And um, you know, be, before we wrap up this episode, um, can you uh, give us, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, some words of inspiration or, or you know, shout-outs, whatever you want to say. Oh, well, I think um, I, I would say, you know, for me. Um, I would say embrace uh, 3D printing and, you know, I think it's an exciting future for the hobby. I think in terms of people who are making files to sell to print a home or they're printing parts, um, I really, I get excited about that as the future of the hobby that, you know, people can participate in at different levels. Like you can buy printed parts that are capable of being made that weren't possible to be made before. Like, I 3D printed spoked wheels for that E-type that are, you know, the spokes just are holding the wheel up, right? So like, you know, you can, you know, you can, there's people who will print those things where you can buy printed parts or you can buy the files and print them yourself, or you can design and make your own files and print them. Um, You know, I think it is, uh, I think it is the future of the hobby. I think, you know, people will, you can see companies that are, you know, and individuals that are just starting to kind of build on this and, and, kind of grow that side of the hobby so that's kind of what's like what gets me that's what gets me excited about is continuing to build and customize is the ability to not be constricted by what kits are out there or what parts are out there that you can just kind of make up your own stuff and uh, make it real so 
Man, that's dope. Nah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, thank you for taking the time, too, because, I mean, you're an amazing model builder. But at the same time, you know, just from speaking with you, you're, I could tell you're a very humble person, you know. And, um, you know, on, on Instagram, you know, you focus more on the presentation, on the cars. But I felt like, you know, this was this was a good opportunity to get to know you, who you are, you know, the the, the man behind the model building you know we we want to know like you know your thoughts and stuff like that so i, I think that was awesome for you yeah, i appreciate it i enjoyed uh enjoyed spending the time with you so yeah yeah no thank you and i mean you know keep doing your thing i mean what you got going on it, it's awesome i mean you're definitely inspiring all of us right there and i mean appreciate just that. from from everybody i mean it's eyeballs from everybody around the world that's on ig <laughs> all of us i mean we're rooting yeah. for you you know Definitely yeah. keep keep pushing the envelope and, and keep creating. Uh, I will for sure. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, you have a good night. It was a pleasure. And I hope all you guys um, that listened to the episode enjoyed it as well. So uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, no, sounds great. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye.